Yeah, Professor Catherine Bernard, welcome to Talk Hi Radio. There. Thanks for joining us in the tent of common sense. We're trying to make sense of it all. <laughs> it's not always that easy, however. Um, but it's true, isn't it? The problem with the law is that an awful lot of it is based on opinion. And therefore, when one opinion differs from another opinion, it doesn't necessarily make the other opinion wrong. Yeah, it's not just opinion. I mean, it was based on uh, legal precedent, and but it's absolutely right that that's why we have a system of appeal. That at first instance, so the High Court in this case uh, might take one view on a particularly given set of facts, and then it's appealed up through the system. This time they skipped the middle tier; they went straight to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court had to had two very different views of the law. You had the High Court's view, which basically said uh, nothing to see here. This is politics. We, the judges, won't get involved. And you had the Scottish Court that says. Actually, this is a really important issue, and uh, the, uh, the Prime Minister's overstepped the mark. Yes. The Supreme Court essentially went with the Scottish Court. Yeah, and that, but, but what I suppose what I'm also saying as well is not uh, what the caller John was saying there, is that Geoffrey Cox, the Attorney General's opinion, if it was to say to Boris Johnson, this won't be judged to be unlawful, is not necessarily wrong. No, it's not. I mean, where he was where he was not so well advised is he didn't put any caveats in. Mm. I mean, well, we may have done. We don't know <laughs> we, that. We, we? All we've I mean, seen is just those couple know. of lines. Because one of the right. things that we say a lot on this show uh, is that we uh, there there is a sort of a sense that some people in Downing Street would like us to think which is that Dominic Cummings knows precisely what's going to happen before it happens and that even though it looks as though it's a terrible disaster for him it actually isn't uh, and that he's played this all out through some kind of wargaming facility that he's got in a dark room in the basement you know so uh, it's very interesting is it not with every twist and turn that there always seems to be an alternative way to go yeah, because we, I mean, with this language is used a lot. We're in uncharted territory. Mm. Nobody quite knows. We can game, we can war plan, we can work it through. But in reality, what it's always dependent on is what the other side do. And yeah. in, in this case, there's an awful lot of other sides. There's mm. the domestic other side, which would be the opposition, but it's also uh, campaigners like Gila Miller. But also what the uh, the other side will do at the European level, what the EU27 will do. And remember, of course, the EU27 doesn't speak with one voice all the time. There are not homogenous block. No, of course. I mean, one of the things that I was asked yesterday, and which I wasn't sure I could get a proper answer for, you probably can tell us, could um, Boris Johnson, if he wished to, appeal this Supreme Court decision to the European Court of Justice? No, categorically not. Why not? Because there's no such thing as an appeal to the European Court of Justice. Uh, it's possible to refer and ask questions of the Court of Justice, but only on a point of EU law. And what the Supreme Court were ruling on yesterday was wholly a matter of domestic UK law. Mm -hmm. So it was UK judges deciding on UK law in a UK court, got nothing whatsoever to do with the Court of Justice in, in Luxembourg. Okay, and speaking of uh, uh, the differences in the laws from the EU and from the UK, also something that we hear a lot as well uh, is that the law which has been passed by the Hillary Benn Act, which makes it impossible for us to leave with no deal on October the 31st, I'm told uh, is trumped, if you'll pardon the phrase, by the EU law, which says that that is actually the date by which we have to leave. Uh, it's slightly more complicated than that. No. The, uh, yeah, inevitably. <laughs> I thought you'd choose Well, I do up. simplify things, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you just love having lawyers. Um, but Article 50 says the default position is we leave uh, on the 31st of October. Yeah. The Hillary Benn Act doesn't stop that because the only way um, it can be extended is that we ask, and that's in the Hillary Benn Act, we or specifically the Prime Minister asks, and crucially the EU accepts. So from that point of view, you're right, yeah. that it, Article 50 trumps the Ben Burt Act because if the EU says no, the Ben Burt Act yeah. loses all significance. And so technically speaking, Boris Johnson could just write, run down the clock, get to October 31st and would still not be breaking the law. However, 
There are those who would say that that would be politically very unwise. And he would be breaking domestic law because the domestic law, the Ben Burt Act, mandates him to, uh, if he hasn't got a deal, to uh, write to the EU to request an extension. Yes, but what if they turn him down? What if he does all that? They yeah. turn him down. And then, We're still case, leaving October 31st. With, with no deal. And that's not illegal. No, exactly Or indeed right. unlawful. Yeah, exactly. What is the difference, by the way, between unlawful and illegal? There isn't. Isn't there? No. So people who say that well, the Supreme Court... But the Supreme Court ruled it to be unlawful, didn't yeah. Why did they not say illegal? Because unlawful it tends to be the language that you use in this context, the administrative law context. And how can you make something unlawful but yet have no kind of apparent punishment for it? I.e., if I was to break the law in any other scenario, um, I would be pretty astonished if they, if they just patted me on the head and said, now just pretend nothing else happened. Because this is a civil matter, not a criminal matter. Uh -huh. And it's a civil case. How can you break the law in a civil case? Well, you can break the law all the time. You can break the law if you build uh, an extension to your house um, without having planning permission. You've broken the law, and there often is a civil penalty. But there usually sort. is a penalty. The civil, the, in this we, case, there, fine. Is, there is but no penalty. Because it's a constitutional matter. And the, and the issue is the courts are normally very reluctant to get involved in matters of politics. And this is the core of the case in, this, is in these Supreme Court cases. Some people say the Supreme Court shouldn't have gone anywhere near this matter because it's high politics, essentially that's what the High Court said. Mm. The Supreme Court said, actually, no, we're going to get stuck in here because what we see is a, an executive, the government, Boris Johnson essentially, just going way beyond the powers that um, he has got. Mm. He's abusing those powers and we, the Supreme Court, are going to put some limits on those powers. Has Joe Swinson broken the law by declaring that the Lib Dems, if they got into power, uh, would in fact just revoke Article 50 and pretend that Brexit never happened? Uh, no, because the only way she would be able to do that is by having a further act of Parliament wait for it, that reverses both the Act of Parliament that triggered Article 50 in the first place and also reverse the EU Withdrawal Act 2018, which is the act that essentially uh, turns off all of EU law in the UK. Right. We're going to be here for a while, aren't we? we what, you and me? Or in, well, in not just you and I. I mean, it's not, a, it's, not a dinner, it's not a dinner appointment I'm making with you. But the point is this. You know, uh, I can't see any way through this. I don't know whether you, if you are, uh, if you were in a position to advise the government in a legal position, um, I mean, they can't seem to get a general election. Um, they can't seem to get any movement from Brussels on a new deal of any kind, particularly. They apparently can't leave the European Union on the 31st of October unless they ask for a new deal, don't get one, and then uh, don't get any help whatsoever. Um, you know, it seems to be just a massive stalemate. So... The, the way forward, the way out of this is um, to negotiate again on the withdrawal agreement. That's the which is what they're deal, doing, supposedly. Which is what they're supposed to be doing. But it looks like, certainly what Michel Barnier said yesterday, um, he remember he was the leader of Task Force 50, the key negotiator on the EU side. Um, he said progress is um, very um, small and don't hold your breath. Mm. But of course, if you were negotiating something very delicate, and we are being told at the moment that uh, one of the things that Parliament wants now is the legal advice, the whole lot of it, the whole shebang, as it were, to be shown to, to, to them so that we all know what it was. I'm not really ter terribly in favour of that kind of thing. I, don't think, I think there are certain things that should remain, you know, secret in the same way that I can understand why Boris Johnson doesn't want to tell anybody what the deal is because we know very well in practical terms that all those people over there just want to scupper it. 
I'm not sure they actually do. I think they are pretty keen to get a, a, a deal with us for the simple reason that they're fed up to the back teeth. With no, I'm talking about the people behind us oh, I thought, I in the Houses of Parliament. I, your oh, no, I don't pointing mean, into... Yeah, it, no, my further, thumb... Further. Um, don't get me started on my thumb. One of them has been injured in a way which I can't oh, no. describe. Um, no, I'm talking about the people in the Houses of Parliament. Yeah, well, that's, that's also true. So there is a real problem because I think the EU does want to ha uh, have a deal with us because they want Brexit to be done and dusted or at least this yeah. stage of, Bre of Brexit to be done and dusted. But you're absolutely right. Even if Boris Johnson comes home with the most magic deal, magic I use loosely, yeah. it's got to go through. It's got to go through on a motion in the House of Commons, and it's then got to go through legally in the form of the WAB, the Withdrawal Implementation Bill. And that's going to be no mean feat. Nobody's seen the text of the WAB. It's been kicking around for some time. But it's a, I'm told it's a big beast, and it will take quite a lot of discussion in public, mm. and time is not on our side. Well, it really isn't, and I find it quite ironic in a way that all these MPs have been scrounging around saying how we must have an opportunity to discuss Brexit. When they've had three and a half years to discuss Brexit and got absolutely nowhere. Well, I mean, the, the part of the problem is, of course, that uh, both sides, for different reasons, object to the withdrawal agreement. Uh, on the Remain side, because it means we're leaving, yeah. and on the leave side, because increasingly the leave. It, well, they say it doesn't mean we're leaving. It, that we don't, exactly, and they want a hard, uh, you know, no deal at all, essentially. Right. But there are a sort of cohort in the middle who say, okay, we're leaving, but we've got to leave in an orderly fashion, and the withdrawal agreement, Theresa May's deal, is a stepping stone towards that more orderly mm. withdrawal. And as you talk about leaving, it sounds from the helicopters above and ahead of me uh, that Boris Johnson is arriving, uh, having just got here from Heathrow, so we should expect to hear from him in about 10 minutes time uh, Catherine Bernard thank you very much indeed uh, for the legal advice